The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Counterfeit Risk Reward Liability in the Electronics Industry. The United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime have identified counterfeiting as the fastest growing criminal activity used to fund international terrorism. Distributors have been identified as the weak link in the component supply chain system, while the original component and equipment manufacturers continue to resist any direct association with supplies purchased outside of their uh, direct control. According to reports from the U.S. military, their supply chain system has up to a million counterfeit parts, a scary fact that can have devastating effects, including loss of life. Sadly, two people have been killed recently in China and one in Australia by counterfeit iPhone and iPad chargers. So this is not uh, specifically related just to or, or this is not a problem that's just in our military supply chain. It's actually affecting folks worldwide in all walks of life. This week, my guest is John Latimer, Director of Quality Assurance at Xilinx, a semiconductor manufacturing company. We'll be talking about issues manufacturers face with the growing counterfeiting epidemic and the impacts of these on both industry and the global consumer. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to demonstrate their compliance to the European Union's restriction of hazardous substance laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does and how they can help your company, visit, visit their website at bqpm.com. That's www.bqpm.com. Secure Components LLC is an independent 
distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ CAP, which is a certification, uh, counterfeit avoidance program, rather, uh, certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS 6081 standards. When you need to find hard, uh, when you need to find obsolete or hard to find components, you want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about what Secure Components can do to help you, visit their website at www.securecomponents.com. Well, it's time to get into our show, and I'm very pleased to have uh, John Latimer uh, with me today as my guest. John, I understand you're in Singapore. Are you still there? Yep, definitely. Hey, Stan, good morning. Good morning, and I'm glad to know that you're still there and you're you're whole and handsome as ever. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty early here. I'm glad we were able to make this work. Yes, thank you. Let me uh, talk a little bit about you, John. Uh, let's see. Senior Director, Worldwide Customer Quality Engineering at Xilinx Corporation in San Jose, California. With more than 20 years' experience managing customer quality, management systems, and manufacturing quality, both in fab- fabulous manufacturing mode model, rather, and directly in manufacturing. The graduate of the University of California, Santa Cruz, John's specialties include quality engineering and, and uh, management, customer PPM reduction, return reduction, let's see, return reduction, NPS, scorecard improvement, ISO 9001, TL9000, TS16949, we're back into acronym soup here, <laughs> uh, CMMI, CMMI, Six Sigma, uh, let's see, it says Six Sigma Champion, TQM, Statistical Process Control, Statistical Techniques, and Managing uh, International Teams. Let's see, John's professional engagements include program chair, oh yes, I got you involved in that, so I need to remind folks that you're the program chair of the Silicon Valley ASQ uh, Section 0613. I've been doing that since uh, 2012, and an ASQ speaker chairman. So, you're a busy guy, John. Absolutely. And... uh as you said there, the engagement from ASQ, thanks for the uh, you know, introduction there, Stan. I really have enjoyed my association yeah. with ASQ. Um, I've also spoken a couple of times. I just uh, about a week and a half ago was um, talking at, uh, at Quest, which is the guys that have developed TL9000 on um, uh, really managing technology. Um, you know, it was uh, managing quality as a technology enabler. So uh, lots of different things going on the last few weeks and uh, been quite busy. So, um Pretty excited about the topic today. Yeah, uh, and and not to not we we should not uh, forget to mention that you are traveling and again you're in Singapore today, having I believe you stopped by uh, Japan on the way, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm moving up to Shanghai later this morning, so um, always uh, something going on here. So. Yes. 
Well, it's a, it's a part of the world I'm also familiar with, but moving on to our topic, um, first, first thing I think uh, we'd like to, uh, if we could, kind of kind of address, and it's really talking about what effects, uh, if any, the counterfeiting of components uh, have on an ICOEM or an OCM, as it's called, an original equipment manufacturer or a, um, a component, uh, original component manufacturer. I think they use those two terms inter, inter, um, interchangeably. So, uh, you know, really for our listening audience, how, what effect, if any, does counterfeiting have on you? You're at the beginning of the food chain. I say you, I'm talking about the ICOEMs or the active component OEMs, uh, OCMs. So how does this really get back to you, to that industry? Yeah, so as you might imagine, um, for us, what we find is that, you know, it's not so much in our supply chain that we see um, the issues. It's in, you know, what happens to our products after they leave our doors. So, you know, for a company like Xilinx, you know, um, we don't see um, the same way as like Intel would where you have leakage in your supply chain um, where, you know, the... um, you know the parts cost is so high that you have people stealing components and you know selling them on the side. What we see is is that there's an aftermarket for our product um, where uh, you know there's material that will be sold out on you know on sites uh, where you know people have excess supply, and so it, at that point you know it's you know it's no longer you know in our supply chain and um, the ability. To kind of manage that material creates some brand risk, and um, you know, many times, uh, you know, the control of that material um, can be really problematic. You know, it's interesting, and and perhaps something that might be a benefit for the listening audience to understand um, when we talk about an OEM or an OCM, there's a process where. Uh, Xilinx or an Intel or a Motorola, an IBM, any of the companies that make these kind of parts, they actually manufacture them. And while they may sell some of them directly to a manufacturing company, they also sell them in other ways. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how the supply chain actually works in your industry. Okay. So, you know, it's uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, You know, we have... Um, customers, as you mentioned, that are kind of direct customers, and then we have um, you know the, a big piece of our business is done through distribution. So we have um, companies um, like you know Avnet, um, where we would um, contract with them for them to um, go out and sell and inventory our products and distribute it on behalf of Xilinx. Um, you know, Xilinx has um, a variety of distributors around the world that we use, um, and those those distributors become certified. They have, um, you know, uh, security standards that they comply to. Um, they're audited. Uh, there's handling practices um, and controls in their manufacturing, or sorry, in their distribution areas um, that allow them to really ensure that um, the product that our customers receive um, is consistent with the way that we would have shipped it um, from Xilinx. And so, there's a chain of control um, in terms of the product that really allows. Um, our customers, when they finally do buy from an authorized distributor, um, you know the assurance that the product is is 
what's expected, that it meets the data sheet, um, and that it's going to be able to maintain whatever life requirements are appropriate with that product. So it truly is a controlled process uh, that the components originally come from, which I guess is part of the issue with the counterfeiting in that uh, it's actually coming from what uh, is referred to as an uncontrolled environment. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I mean, I can't speak for for everything, but, you know, if, if if, you know, I was in an electronics market in um, Shenzhen, and you know they literally had you know parts rubber banded together from various manufacturers, and they were <laughs> distributing over the counter. They just you know you walk up and point to what you wanted. They'd unrubber band it. They'd pick it up with their fingers, hand it to you, put it in a bag. <laughs> uh, you know, there's you know you have really. You know, when you, you start looking at some of these venues, you know, the, the full goes the full range um, in terms of, you know, something that would be, you know, like that to, you know, probably someone who's maybe a little bit more controlled. But, um, you know, you just have no idea what you're getting. You know, it's, it's far-fetched to say this, but it, it kind of sounds like walking into a restaurant where people are picking up food and handing it to you with their fingers instead of utensils. Or having gloves on, um, being familiar with electronic components anyway, the idea well, of a, go ahead. Well, it, it's a little bit like you know, you know, a restaurant has beef on the menu and they they serve you up your meal and you discover that you know later on that well it's not really beef in there you know um the you know there's laws on the books um, in most places that say that you know what's on the menu must be served and you know when you start getting into the area of counterfeiting it's not just that, that the cook in the kitchen handle it with his fingers. Um, or contaminate the food. Um, it's also, you know, is the food what the food is? And there's a lot of issues, um, as you were mentioning earlier, where you know it doesn't take much when you're you're talking about some of these end applications that um, where the you know performance of what is purchased um, is really important, and um, you know it needs to operate that way all the time. And so, you know, sometimes what's sold isn't really what is being you know marked on the outside of the device. So. Um, you know, the, in those kinds of situations, it can be, you know, very hazardous to um, not just the people who purchased it, but also the brand image of the company whose product might have been, um, you know, counterfeited or or um, or maybe misbranded. Um, that uh, you know, it, it creates a lot of problems for everyone. And so, you know, there's there's risk on all sides. Well, from that standpoint. Um why a question here that comes up why shouldn't or why don't the IC manufacturers the OEMs the original equipment manufacturers why don't they perform authentication testing or help the industry at large determine what is uh, counterfeit what isn't counterfeit what's obsolete and may not work right it seems like if I wanted to really know that I have the right thing, the best place to go is back to the source, back to the original equipment manufacturer, the original, the original manufacturer. And yet, uh, there seems to be some issues with doing that. Sure, it, it gets murky really fast when you start looking at components that have moved outside the supply chain, right? Um, so, the um, ability to kind of to meet, you know, see what the the chain of control was for material. Um, you know the um, 
the uncertainty without, you know, in some cases, when you're, when you're especially if someone's had a problem, you know, the devices are mounted, um, you know, the ability for you to, um, you know, to, to pull a part off and put it back on a tester or, or something else that might help you with the, some kind of diagnosis um, in terms of whether or not it's what kind of material that they're dealing with um, are very, um, for most component manufacturers, very limited in terms of your ability to do that. So if you make a determination, you know, you, you might be able to say, uh, you know, with some authority sometimes that, well, that's not how we, we, would, we would produce that product. Um, but uh, but the issue is also when you make a determination the other way, which is well, you think this is, looks good, um, you know, if it's not good, there's a lot of liability with that, and so, you know, when you look at the risks to the people that are in the applications that these sorts of things go into, you, you can't make a determination and say that something looks good um, and then have it be bad, and so um, there there's liability that travels along with that. And so, you know, because we're the manufacturer, we're looked at as being the experts. Um, and, um, you know, there's uh, considering that we didn't actually um, sell the part to that person. Um, and we were beyond the transaction. We have no idea what the chain of control was. Um, there's also reliability risks that creep into that um, in terms of handling um, and how the parts have been treated. Uh, and, uh, and there's, you know, long-term reliability risks that could be a problem um, with those kinds of components, so you know, there it's a um, very risky thing to make a determination and be wrong uh, in terms of uh, of that product. So, so well, that's one of the main reasons. I guess, and don't don't laugh at me when I when I say this because you know that I come from the industry too. But for somebody that doesn't come from the industry, a question that might be asked is. Why don't you just open it up and look inside? Can't you tell? I mean, I can open up the hood of my car and see what I've got for an engine. Well, um, yeah, you could. <laughs> I guess the you know, if you think about um, about um, semiconductor products, right? There's a variety of different types of products. Um, you know, you have a package that is. Um, around the device, the silicon IC that's doing all the routing out um, to the board um, and doing whatever function it is that the, the component is supposed to do. Um, but you know the you know to be able to test it, you actually um, have to reconnect it up to um, a, a, a tester, and um, the ability to do that requires you, in some cases, after it's been um, attached to a board to completely um, refurbish the part. And just the act of doing that um, can damage the device if you're not careful or if it's been too many times. And so, um, you know, it, it's very difficult to, um, you know, to, to get these product parts back and actually do a thorough analysis to be able to um, evaluate them. And, you know, honestly, it, you know, considering that these are often purchased outside of um, our supply chain, um, you know the, the our obligation to do that for people is you know it's it's not um, you know from a component standpoint it's not in um, you know, the company's interest to encourage yeah. that behavior. Right. So um, yeah, understood. But, but, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, I think there was a was it a Time or a Newsweek article some time ago where they had a, a big um, you know a thing on anti counterfeiting and they, they on, the, on the cover and I think they had someone over an old paint can and a board um, desoldering parts and right. you know I think I think that 
you know, the, you know, it's that kind of thing where, you know, they, they might get a part that looks pretty good coming off of that, and they, they refurbish it and everything else, but you have no idea on the control that was used, you have no idea how many times that part has been exposed and remounted and heated up and cooled down, um, and, and those things all create risk in terms of the product being able to operate correctly. And so, okay. Well, yeah. if if I could if I could ask you to hold your thought right there, John, we need to take a short break for radio uh, station identification, and we'll come right back. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 counterfeit avoidance standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salot. Our show today is on counterfeit risk-reward liability in the electronics industry. I've mentioned before, in fact, we've had uh, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime on the show back in January, and we had been talking at that time about the counterfeiting that has actually been identified as the fastest growing criminal activity used to fund international terrorism. We're also uh, talking about distributors that, uh, that have been identified as 
It's the weak link in the component supply chain. And my guest, John, and I have been discussing a little bit about what happens when products are purchased and then sold or they're, they're actually sold from the manufacturer of the component into a controlled or, if you will, trusted or trustworthy. There's a lot of different names used for it. Franchise is another name. A supply chain that actually does track where the product came from and where it's going to. However, after the fact, once the products are sold, uh, initially sold to somebody, they can, in fact, be resold. They can be mounted and then dismounted. They can be uh, recycled, if you will. And all kinds of different uh, opportunities or situations then occur. John and I have been talking about the ramifications of this and how it affects the manufacturer. And we were talking just before the break about why or how the manufacturer, I guess more why the manufacturer would not want to be involved in the identification or after after the product has been identified as potentially a suspect counterfeit why the manufacturers would not want to uh, directly get involved in trying to sort that out. It's not just about the fact that they're dealing with parts they've already sold once and now they're they're working on a service side of the equation. Um, have I got that right, John, or am I, am I getting something wrong in what I'm saying here? Well, Stan, I think that you're, you're kind of on it. I mean, um, you know, you're right that, that we're not getting, uh, you know, we're not, there's no financial transaction usually associated with the, the product that you're talking about that's in the gray market or it's been resold. Um, you know, there's lots of these different venues that are out there where people are doing this kind of thing. Um, I think that it's a big problem. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think that it's been increasing, as you were pointing out at the beginning of the show, over the last several years. Um, there's lots of kind of high-profile high news. But, you know, I think that there are organizations that are out there in law enforcement and other places where you know this is increasingly coming into play where you know counterfeit products discovered um, you know there's either been there's been harm done or an injury um, you know there are people being you know investigated and put in jail um, but you know the the just the nature of this this market uh, in terms of where these products are sold is 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 not always transparent and you know the places where there's usually trouble you know the, the places aren't always super reputable um, and the you know things creep in in a number of ways so you know if you look at the problem um, you know the um, you know you might have a reputable look you know distributor or someone else um, who's who's operating maybe in an unauthorized way um, but uh, from the um, from their supply chain, there are ways for these things to creep in. So if you're if you're not diligent, or um, or if you're if you're operating in any kind of risky way, um, you know material can can come back and you know, rotate back in that could pollute the supply. And so um, you know there's many you know many risks to um, operating and you know and purchasing products in these in these areas, and you just have no idea what you're getting. So as I was saying a few minutes ago. Um, you know, you could have you know product that looks pretty good, but it's been you know, remounted several times, and um, you know it's 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 no longer you know when you when you when you have these kinds of products, um, you know you degrade their capability for long term kind of performance by you know exposing them to some of these these conditions, and they're rated for um, certain types of uses. 
And so, you know, if you're if you're remounting these things beyond the, what's recommended, or um, or if you've um, taken a part that maybe was rated for one rating and you've you've um, remarked it and and upgraded the rating because you know, it makes it easier for you know someone to sell um, the you know that's not what the parts warranted for. And, um, and or even rated for it may not even might operate there for a little while but won't do that over the long term and so the result is is some of the accidents and things that have shown up um, is, is that you know by using products uh, irresponsibly or, or not knowing what the chain of control has been on the product and what kind of what kind of um, environments it's been exposed to um, it, it degrades the reliability of those products okay and and in addition to this, I guess it's important to realize if you're not familiar with semiconductors, the active electronic components, there is a sensitivity to those parts uh, that affects the reliability, as you're saying. And I guess a question that comes up is when you, when you actually mount these devices and start using them, uh, the manufacturer themselves knows how to do that. If I buy it from you and I'm a contract manufacturer or an original equipment manufacturer, I know because you've told me, you've shared with me what the constraints are, what the parameters are that I can, I can uh, do with it, with it as I'm building my products. Uh, so in part what you're saying is when these are out, whether it's in China or actually any other part of the world it could be right here in the United States if they're mishandled um, it's the type of thing that once once it's subjected to an environment that it shouldn't be in one could really look at it and say that it's contaminated now and should be destroyed that's it, right um, it, if you look at it Stan it's, 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 there's a whole variety of conditions right so you know, the things people People think about is what I was talking about earlier. Is the person sitting around a tin can or you know a paint can, demounting parts. But um, in so those extreme heats that those parts are ex- exposed to could be you know devastating to the to the product that they're that they're trying to remove. Because um, if you don't keep them into certain profiles in terms of the temperature for these parts, it degrades the package and degrades the product. But more importantly, also, um, you know, these these a lot of these parts are sensitive to you know basic things like um, uh, you know temperature and humidity. Um, so they're not like Lay's potato chips where they just expire um, in a bag. Um, but you know, if you don't know how to handle them and they've been exposed to um, environments that have a lot of moisture, um, they they can create situations for the product where if they're not handled correctly, um, you know, they can cause you know. Um, Damage to the product, and so the um, you know it, when you start talking about ESD, for instance, if the humidity is not controlled, um, you can end up with an environment where they're more susceptible to electrostatic discharge, um, and they could stress the device and create either failures or you know walking wounded where the part seems to operate correctly doesn't um, over the long term. So, you know the um, the risk to the to to whoever's purchasing. These products um, can be quite substantial. I don't know. I've, I've seen pictures online where you know someone's holding up a part, you know, to take a picture of it, to uh, to post a picture of what they have online so that people can buy it. You know, um, you know, you can't handle a device um, the way that um, you know a lot of these devices are very sensitive to 
electrostatic and just physically handling the device can in the in the wrong way can can create situations where you could damage the device and so you know, many of the people who are, who are working in these kinds of environments haven't been trained. They don't know what the risks are. Um, and, you know, as I described at the beginning, you know, there's these electronics markets where people really just don't care about um, the handling practices and, and what it could be doing. So, uh, you know, I think that when, we, when you talk about storage and, you know, these sorts of things, they're not trivial. And um, people make investments to um, be able to eliminate the sources of these sorts of, of hazards in the workspace, and um, when you start talking about some of these other other areas where you know gray market products are being used or or, or, um, or inventoried or those sorts of things, you just have no idea you know what's really going on there. And so manufacturers like us, you know, um, you know, really shy away from um, getting engaged there um, because of the you know, just the fact that you have no idea what's been the device has been exposed to might be interesting for the audience uh, to understand a little bit about, a little more about the environment that you work in, in a factory environment. Um, could you perhaps, I know we didn't talk about this before, but perhaps give the audience uh, a little bit of a feel for the kind of cleanliness and the controls of humidity and temperature that's in uh, various parts of the manufacturing of these parts um, right so, so so the you know if you look at um, the you know as you fabricate these products all the way through you know you're 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 in the manufacturing of it you're basically controlling not just the the machinery that's um, processing the equipment but you're also controlling the environment because um, Temperature and humidity can create opportunities for electrostatic discharge um, and cause things to build up charges. And so um, as you're doing your manufacturing, you're controlling the equipment to make sure there's no charges building up on that. The materials, you're, you're often buying special materials that, um, that are dissipative um, in terms of or conductive. Um, you have um, everything being grounded in the supply chain. So, um, so shelving, um, carts, um, you know, uh, you know, chairs, um, people themselves, um, everybody is is um, who's handling or working with these sorts of things, or are um, are, are operating in a way that allows them to to um, not create a situation where they essentially damage the product. And so, um, you know, that starts at the very beginning and moves all the way through the the manufacturing process. Um, you know, and uh, and it moves into the supply chain when products are are uh, are handled and, and 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 sold. And so, you know, if you look at the trays or you look at um, the the the, the um, carriers for the product that's being sold, um, you know, these have warnings on them and they have um, you know instructions in terms of of use. Um, and so, the um, you know, when they move into these manufacturing places that would eventually build up um, the products that are going to go into the things that we buy, um, they also have those same controls. And so, you know, it's a already a difficult situation in a lot of these places to um, to manage this because um, it's a very it's a little bit like brushing your teeth. It's something that you have to do, but um, you know, it's very easy to break the rules. And um, right. you know, and these components often have different ratings in terms of um, how sensitive they are. And some of them are less sensitive, and some of them are really sensitive. And so, um, 
really depends on the kind of product. And so, you, you know, if you have someone who's unfamiliar, um, even in one of these manufacturing plants with what it is that they're handling, um, they can inadvertently damage the product. And so, you know, even, you know, with that, if you look at a lot of these environments where, you know, have, you have people who are in gray market handling product, they have, you know, they really don't understand what it is that they're selling. Only don't right. understand what it's rated for, um, and so it, you know there's you know unseen damage sometimes that can occur um, through these kinds of mechanisms that um, that would be very difficult to detect, um, you know, without kind of a you know uh, an in-depth investigation into the product, um, and you know sometimes you don't even know you have a problem unless you do destructive analysis and really understand, um, do accelerated testing and all sorts of other things to be able to you know take a look at exactly what's happened with that product. So um, you know if you if you don't maintain the sanctity of the supply chain, you you incur all these additional risks, and um, and you know the I think that you can't really say that the product is a good product if you just don't know what it is. Yeah, it, it's much like. Um from from what you're saying, I I would I would think that it's like being in a hospital where various parts of the hospital might not be as controlled. But the reality is, it, it's all controlled in a way that's appropriate for the patients and the people in there, and the discipline required to maintain that is looked at all the time. Whereas, if you get into a field operation or if you get into a um, a general clinic, it's not nearly the same. And if you get farther outside of that, I mean, to be honest with you, I I don't have a clean room at home where when when somebody gets sick, we put them <laughs> into a clean room per se. So, right. Yeah, but but if you look at it, Stan, the risks. As- Associated, like if you're flying in an airplane, the electronics content is huge in an airplane. The avionics, right. a lot of these are fly-by-wire, um, which or sorry, yeah, they're wireless these days, I guess. So it's the, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the connections and the and and how you're driving an airplane or how you're driving a car um, is becoming more and more reliant on the electronics. And so, you know, the the downside to these things not working correctly is pretty severe in these kinds of environments. And so, you know, you can't have, um, you know, those kinds of risks um, in the products. You really do need to have, you know, uh, material that you can count on. Yeah. John, it's that time again. We're going to take a short radio station identification. When we come back, I want to pick up on this and talk about that risk just a little bit more and why... uh, an OCM or an OEM uh, identified uh, counterfeit part. Uh, why the black market is such a such an issue for manufacturers? We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit 
HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is proud to be the first independent distributor certified to the Department of Defense adopted AS6081 Counterfeit Avoidance Standard. Our clients view us as partners in counterfeit avoidance because we share our source of supply. We have earned their trust to procure electronic and mechanical components specifically when their requirements are obsolete or unavailable from authorized sources. Visit SecureComponents.com today to learn why the largest aerospace defense and technology companies in the world partner with Secure Components. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working together for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Stan at stansalot.com. Again, that's Stan at stansalot.com. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salot. Our show today is Counterfeit, Risk, Reward, Liability in the Electronics Industry. My guest, John Latimer, and I have been talking about the various risks associated with counterfeit parts. And, John, coming from a manufacturing environment, the original component or original equipment manufacturing at Xilinx, uh, that type of industry, uh, knows firsthand what it's like to have to deal with this, this uh, situation. As we've mentioned on the show many times before, counterfeiting is an epidemic. It's affecting virtually every aspect of life today. And there are some differences between counterfeiting in the sense that somebody has a part that they've misidentified or tried to to modify and what's referred to often as a knockoff or a true counterfeit where a company or an organization or an individual tries to make something that is identical to the original or similar to the original. Uh, it's a bit harder to do, and John, I'm going to bring you back in here. The idea of manufacturing a look-alike part uh, to something in a in a semiconductor is is a huge undertaking, to say the least. And I guess we don't really see a lot of that uh, in that sense. The- yeah, I, I guess I could say that I haven't seen a lot of that. Um, I, I thought, as you as you I'll- Lined, you know, often companies have to invest, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to be able to, to use these products. Um, you know, the companies that are out there um, that are usually the places where you know um, the, the the core of the device is fabricated. Um, they've invested, you know, hundreds of millions or maybe 
be billions of dollars in process development to be able to uh, manufacture in these factories. And, um, you know, it's not easy to do. Um, I mean, maybe very old technology might be a little different, um, but, um, but, you know, the, um, you know, it's more common for you know material to fall outside of the supply chain and or the authorized distribution chain, and for material to get resold. And um, and you know it, it's I think we were talking about kind of the reliability risks of those sorts of things right. before. It, you know the um, the thing I wanted to mention, Stan, is is that you know it's a little bit like buying a used car. You know the um, you know if you buy a car and it, you know it has a five year warranty and you think you're buying a new car from a used car salesman right you right. You, you you have carfax and you have all these other types of services out there these days that allow you to be able to see you know has it been in an accident and, you know all these sorts of things and with 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 computer components or components for you know for in the ic industry you don't have really that ability if things are outside of the supply chain. You can have whatever the person is that's warranting the device to you. Um, but you know, when you buy from you know a component manufacturer like you know um, like my company or from the source, um, you know, or you buy through the, the warranted warranted distribution chain, the authorized distribution chain, you you get a, a um, an assurance that what they're selling is really true. And that you know, people stand behind that, but you know, if you buy a car that has been driven for five or six years or maybe ten years, and then the person says, "Hey, this this part was you know this this car was just manufactured yesterday," um, you know, you can look at it and and you know sometimes or most of the time you probably be able to tell. Well, that's not really true, uh, but you have no idea how much use it's really seen, and. Um, you know, if they've rolled back the odometer or anything else, there's there's no way for you to really be able to check. And with compo- you know components, um, you know it's even worse, right? Because right. You, can, you know you can you can do things to to the device like in your remarket that make it look like it's a new device. And um, you know that's what you know happens is that people will often you know rebrand these things. And um, and then try to sell them as if they're a new product. And you know, when you do that, if it's been used for ten years, um, you know, many of these products are only warranted for a limited life. And so, the uh, you know, you could be well beyond what the useful life of the product is, and um, and you could be incurring risk in your own application, and um, and even brand risk for the company. Um, for the company that's producing or buying these products, because you know their products are going to fail earlier, or um, or you know catastrophically cause other types of risk conditions for their customers that um, that that might be well beyond what they would expect. And so, um, so there, you know, I think that it's not an easy thing to to be able to to identify these kinds of problems. It brings up another question. And this one uh, actually probably will be our our last question or last item topic to discuss. But I'm curious if you can, without giving away any classified information, are there any types of of counterfeit, uh, counter counterfeit, if you will, uh, measures that OEMs take? Uh, I, I. I guess part of me says that one way to do this is just blindly go down the road and keep doing what I've been doing as a manufacturer. Uh, but then on the other hand, given the potential liabilities, and one of them I, I just want to mention again because you've talked about 
damaging components by mishandling. And one of the things that scares me a lot, particularly in the medical industry, is mishandled components that are put into defibrillators, uh, other types of medical devices where life depends on it working, and you only get one chance uh, to save a life with a piece of equipment. And if it's been damaged by mishandling or it's truly a counterfeit, components used to to make that product, um, it has a devastating effect. So having said all of that, back to the back to the real question was, are the OEMs taking some steps and is there anything you can talk about in that regard that doesn't, uh, doesn't give away something we shouldn't be giving away on the radio? Well, I think that, you know, I think that there is a lot of activity um, in, in the supply chains that produce these products to, you know, basically um, identify your sources and, um, you know, you can look at the difficulties of all these things, and um, you know, the, if you have anybody in the supply chain that is that is operating in a way that isn't as expected, right? Um, you, know, you you incur these risks. Um, so, you know, material can be identified. Um, the issue is how much do you have to invest to identify the material? Um, right. And uh, but you know, the the reliability risks um, are not easily identified. You can you might be able to say, is that my component or not, or was that um, is that component rated for that speed specification, or or is it is it is it rated for the use that the customer is buying it for? But you don't right. know how long it's been in use before they purchased it. Um, you don't know how many times it's been used. Um, you don't know how what it's been exposed to. You don't know the environment and the supply chain. So you have all these 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 inherent risks that are not easily identifiable or detectable, and um, you know the the concern, you know, becomes, well, where did it come from? So, you know, a lot of manufacturers will, like, you know, the, com- the company I work for will recommend you, you should buy from the authorized distributor chain um, or directly from the company because you know where that product's been, you know, has come from. Um, the trouble is, is that, you know, I, I can, you know, the product's not always available immediately. Um, sometimes it's beyond the window that the customer needs, um, or maybe it's not at the price point. And so, uh, you know, so people look for other paths to be able to purchase material, and you know, ignoring some of the the illegal stuff that goes on in the supply chain in terms of, you know, um, people, you know, remarking stuff that's not the correct speed, or the fact that they might actually um, just be, um, uh, you know, um, manufacturing components and doing things to um, to just get the highest price for a product. Um, you know the, the the damage that a device can see. So ignoring those things, the damage the device can see, um, you know, by operating outside of the supply chain, um, can really um, uh, be undetectable or very difficult to detect. And so you you just don't want these kinds of things in your products. As you were saying, you know, um, earlier, you know, it means that things you know crash. It means people get killed um, if in some of these applications. And um, you know, as as we're becoming more reliant on the electronics. Um, you know the the um, the integration that's required and the complexities that are being managed um, in these products. If the product, the base level hardware layers don't work correctly um, because of the um, the fact that they have you know material that is um, is is not correctly um, rated or uh, maybe is damaged in some way, it, the risks are very high, both in terms of brand, 
but also in terms of the effects. Um, so, you know, if you think about telecom, telecommunications, for instance, you know, you have five nines of service, you know, they can't have downtime. You, you want to be able right. to go to your ATM and get your money or, you know, the transaction has to be correct. Um, so you don't want all of a sudden, you know, the money that you were depositing into your account go to someone else's account. Um, you know, the, um, the ability to do, do these things flawlessly every time is, is critical. And, um, and it's, you know, it affects every aspect of our lives. So I think that this problem is, is a, a festering one. Um, I think that it's an, an area that, that should be paid attention to. Um, but, you know, the, the, the risks in terms of, of how our products operate and, and, um, and, you know, the effects on the consumer and on uh, people who use consumer or, or use products that are exposed to the public are quite high. Yeah. Well, John, I, I certainly appreciate all your insights and uh, your time today, and I understand that uh, you're about to go traveling again. I'd like to thank you very much for being my guest on the show today and uh, wish you safe, uh, safe safe, travel and look forward to seeing you back on the uh, west coast of the United States when you get there. All right. Thank you, Stan. This is uh, Stan Salat. I'm the host of People to People Working Together for Your Safety. Working to, uh, People to People Working Together for Your Safety is dedicated to bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. If you have a question, agree or disagree with the information we are sharing, send me an email with your comments or questions to stan at stansalot.com. You can also find me on Twitter at StanSalotJR. It's StanSalot Jr. with a JR. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can find those uh, links from my website, StanSalot.com. I'd like to once again uh, mention our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. If you're trying to put together a system, you need to be compliant with counterfeit or hazardous substance process management, counterfeit avoidance or hazardous substance process management, business and quality process management, consulting, training, and software tools is your source of assistance. If you're looking for obsolete or hard-to-find components, Secure Components LLC, an independent distributor certified for the under the IECQ counterfeit avoidance um, program on an international basis. SecureComponents.com is where you'll find them. Recognizing support staff for the radio show is one of the things I like to do before the end of a show. And that is our friends and uh, colleagues at Voice America, Brandy Jackson, our general manager, Robert Cellino, the executive producer, Randy Jackman, production manager, Jeffrey Gerstel, the director of host services, and Yulia Coach, Yulia Coach Branding and people-to-people production manager. Without these folks, the show is not actually possible. As we sign off today, I'd like to once again thank you for joining me on People to People Working Together for Your Safety. Remember, change only happens when people come together and work together. You're helping the fight against the proliferation of hazardous substances and counterfeiting of consumer products 
could save a life. Until next week, I'm your host, Stan Slot, wishing you a safe and healthy life. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat for next week's edition of People to People, working together for your safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.